0: Welcome to another episode of the HR Insider Podcast. Uh, I am so excited to be joined today by Jose Laurel, the Director of RPO at GA Partners. Jose, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I am so excited to get into the topics that we're discussing before we hit record because they're so relevant to anyone who's hiring today. Uh, everyone in the... The workforce, everyone that's trying to hire right now, are facing these issues that you and I are talking through, and I'm just so excited because I know that you have a great expertise here. So let's dive into it. The thing that you and I were talking about was the challenges and the issues and the opportunities that are happening in today's labor environment, and I I can't wait to get to that, but before we do, Jose, would you just tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are now?
1: Uh, sure. Wonderful. Thank you for asking. Um, my background has has been um, somewhat uh, diverse. Uh, I've I've been very fortunate to have worked with some wonderful organizations. Uh, I formally I I do have a business uh, and marketing background, uh, education wise. Uh, started my career working uh, internationally. Uh, had the pleasure of of being in Latin America at a very exciting time where there was a lot of growth. Uh, And this was after uh, NAFTA, so activity was very vibrant. Uh, I did that for many years with a a large publicly traded company, a global company, uh, which led me to uh, join a consulting firm in the Houston area where uh, I became partner uh, in dealing with uh, people issues uh, Growth-related uh, issues with uh, companies of all size. Uh, we were a full-service consulting organization, and I, I did that for many years. Uh, and, and then I got involved in the human capital space, and that has proven to be uh, by far the most rewarding uh, element of what I've done in my career. It's allowed me to to really utilize a lot of the, the skills I've I learned through the years, the international. Uh, ability to work with companies uh, to understand cultural issues that involve those variety of of, of countries and companies moving into the u s and then ultimately the what I think is one of the keys is the ability to to deal with business owners uh, executives and decision makers understanding what their business needs are and the consulting environment certainly gave me that opportunity and here at g a we we value our our clients in that most are looking for ways to explore new opportunities of growth, to develop their people, provide them opportunities uh, to be the best they can be and then ultimately as as GNA's tagline goes uh, it's time to grow and the reason for that is because we believe that if any of us in professional services particularly the human capital space can provide services to high growth companies, small companies, large organizations, give them strategies, even if it's one bit of information that can help them be bigger, faster, stronger, and help develop their workforce. Uh, We're big believers in that and feel that our work uh, does have value. So uh, thanks for asking about my background. I'm very fortunate to have done a lot of uh, wonderful things and then ultimately, have been here with GNA for a variety of years uh, watching the organization grow and helping companies continue to expand their business
0: I love it, I love it and Your background. One of the things that I think is so important Jose is when you have a background as diverse as yours that actually brings a tremendous amount of weight to bear on organizations in a positive fashion and I think that's so uh, foundationally helpful to the conversation we're about to have about today's labor environment. So Jose, can we transition to that? Can you start talking about what you're so passionate about, about the, again, the issues, opportunities, and environment that we're currently in um, and some of the things that, that employers are facing?
1: Absolutely, and that's that's a wonderful transition in, in that um, as I go out and, and, and present to clients, uh, talk with them about their, their strategies and growth strategies, uh, we realize that we are living in an unprecedented time in, in the U.S. workforce. Uh, there are more generations currently involved in our workforce right now than ever before that are working side by side. You know, everything from the tradition traditionalist generation, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, um, and the the Gen Z. It's amazing that all of these groups, right, of these variety backgrounds, ages, diverse uh, backgrounds, are able to work together in an environment. And to me, it, it, it is something that, that provides a great deal of passion because that really reflects who and what we are. Um, I, I love Houston. Uh, I, I'm a big fan, so I'll be biased there, I will tell you. <laughs> uh, and, and we are unique uh, that this is a very welcoming, open city, and it is recognized as one of the most diverse cities, not just in the country, but in the world. So that has given people like me a wonderful opportunity and basically a format and, and an open canvas to do some, some wonderful things. And what we see because of those multiple generations in a single uh, work environment It presents a variety of challenges Uh, I I, I can tell you and you probably know this firsthand as many of our listeners do that our current unemployment rate is at a 3.5 3.7 which is one of the lowest we've seen in decades and when you look at high markets high uh, potential markets like Austin Dallas Fort Worth Houston and others across the country Uh, we actually are experiencing 3% and below 3% unemployment, which then adds an additional layer of challenge to acquiring talent because you just don't have the volumes of it. And then on top of that, you put the fact that baby boomers and the generation before them are retiring. All of a sudden, you look around and a lot of that intellectual capital – A lot of that experience is going out the door. So we are able now to have an open discussion because companies are realizing that in order to meet growing demands, uh, they have to do a couple of things. And initially, they have to understand their own environment. So that question that that you had initially uh, of, of the passion around this sort of work is because we have never had the opportunity to do some of the things that we can do today, Uh, today's worker is actually looking for a great deal more than in the past. Work today must have meaning. People must get up that morning and realize that what they're going to do is going to matter. And that is something that that I know, and I can speak personally if I could here for a minute. Uh, My father grew up in a generation where, you know, he loaded up his um, lunch pail every morning, went in and actually worked, made something, knew who his employer was for 20 years, knew what to expect. That environment no longer exists. And it has created a lot of challenges for companies that want to grow. And furthermore, not every company can do the things that, uh, Google can do, that uh, Apple can do, that ExxonMobil can do, and that is you know, to have that ultimate large brand that attracts the greatest and best talent available. Uh, so that leaves everybody else to compete for that same um, type of talent. And that brings the second piece, and actually I will... Uh, uh, stop a minute there just to, to kind of reflect on some of those those thoughts, see if, if I could answer any questions from you of what I've said so far.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're talking about some of the issues being, hey, A, there's a lack of talent out there because the employment rate is so high. The the unemployment rate is so low, especially in, uh, you know, as you put it, some of the major metropolitan areas across the country um, that we're we're seeing some issues there, but in addition to that, we also have more generations in the workforce at the same time because people are living longer. The retirement age is is getting later. So, what kind of issues are, is that presenting for employers, Jose? I mean, I, I can. Uh, we've had a number of people that have been on the podcast that have discussed some of those, but I'd love to get your take on what are some of the presenting issues that you're finding with employers. And having such a multi-generational workforce.
1: Yeah, that's that's an excellent question, and, and and one that you know, quite frankly, even though I've been in the industry for over twenty years, um, sometimes I struggle to answer that. But but here's something that we have seen that that works, and and companies of all size can exercise this. Uh, we hear a lot about it, but it it, it is true, and that is. Uh, for companies to create their brand and to get out there, to get recognized. I can tell you, uh, working closely with uh, manufacturing associations and manufacturing companies, they have started a very active program to educate uh, future workers as early as in middle school. Because they realize that if they get these workers understanding things like robotics, and understanding some of the new sophisticated machinery that is out there in manufacturing. It's no longer, you know, you, you put on the, 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 the gray suit or, the, excuse me, the gray coat, you go into a manufacturing environment with your set of tools. Um, you don't do that anymore, it, it's different. So, for companies to, to, to be competitive, they have to really identify their brand. What is it that is unique to them? You know, Mm -hmm. what is going to attract that talented employee that's coming out of a a great college or a two-year program? What is it that's going to draw them to you? So I I would suggest to anyone that is listening, and and if you don't have a strategy, uh, develop one and work with with professionals that can help you identify your brand, promote your brand, and, and you know what? Don't be afraid of putting yourself out there Everyone, particularly small, mid-sized businesses, family-owned businesses, uh, have a wonderful story to tell, and that story oftentimes is lost because people dismiss how important it is to have a brand. Uh, beyond that, offering individuals very unique things. Yeah, its Believe it or not, it's not always about the money, and and I think many of us and uh, particularly in my generation, I can tell you that has changed how we think. Um, now it is about a work environment. You know, do you provide career pathing? Do you provide a good benefit plan? Do you provide support in continuing education? Mm. And today's worker wants all of those things, and yes, of course, you have to be competitive when it comes to salary. I think that goes without saying. But if everybody is competitive when it comes to salary, how do you then distinguish yourself and acquire the best talent available? And I, I think
0: I love all that, Jose. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say I love no, all no, that. No, no, it's
1: quite all right. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I, I think yeah, you, know, I, you know one of the things that uh, when you're talking about chasing money, uh, one of the things that I've often told um, you know younger professionals is don't don't chase money, chase management. Uh, There's always another location with more money. (laughs) Um, It's hard to find good management. It's a a challenge. And uh, I don't know if that fits into what you would recommend, but uh, I get a lot of young professionals to come and ask me about that often. And that's, that's often my kind of charge to them because they'll say, well, how do I find... You know, I've got all these job offers. Which one do I choose? And it's like, well, which one has the best management? Which one has the company values that you can get behind? Which one... Can you see uh, yourself saying, "Man, I love going to work every day." Uh, that's what's the most important. You can always go get more money.
1: Yeah, that um, that that's absolutely correct. And I I I think that the people that you're delivering that advice to uh, should consider themselves very fortunate because oftentimes they don't hear that. Um, management today has to be part science, part art, and a lot more thought goes into it than ever before. You know, as we started our discussion, when you have multiple generations working for you and your responsibility as a manager is to oversee that work, well, it's not just about making an end product and producing. It's about making sure that each of those individuals is being addressed the right way. If education is important for somebody, find out how you can support that goal. If retirement or benefits is important for somebody else, find out uh, how you can help them. So managing today in today's world is quite different. Yes, you have to be talented in what you do. Yes, you have to bring the right education to it. But then it's those intangible skills that you have to develop. And you're absolutely right that if somebody is not asking themselves, who am I gonna work for? What interest do they have in my development? What interest do they have in my personal and professional growth? And if they can't answer those questions, then maybe they go to the next opportunity Uh, because managers understand that it's not just about competing for talent. It's competing for the attention, the loyalty, and ultimately the retention of that employee. As we talked about the difficulty in attracting great talent, it is doubly difficult to retain that talent and to your point which is an excellent point asking the question of what can that manager do for me how can that manager help me develop to be better not just professionally but personally ask that question and even in interviews i always encourage folks uh when i uh, talk at universities i encourage students to ask that question it's, it is in no way arrogant, it is in no way out of place, but it is okay to ask, can you share with me a little bit, what are, or what should be my expectations for the next mm-hmm. 90, 120 uh, days, two months, and what what can I do? What does that career path look like? And if that manager cannot answer those questions, then you are absolutely correct. Then you know what? You may want to consider the next opportunity and see if that is a better fit
0: for you. I love it. I love it. All right. so so what's the next thing, Jose?:
1: well the the, the next thing, and, and you know as you look at the continuum of uh, talent acquisition, developing your people, understanding what their needs are, uh, because they will each have a variety of needs, multiple needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Then you have to look at creating an environment and a process and a system to constantly be recruiting. We are now in such a competitive environment that if you're not always recruiting, if you're not always selling your brand, if you're not always marketing what distinguishes you from other organizations, then you are going to be behind the curve. That's why I always recommend to companies of all size, establish a strategic recruitment strategy that addresses every position. Not just the positions that you currently have a need to fill, but look around you. Do the resource planning in every aspect of your organization at every position. And when you do that, You engage your managers, you engage your department heads, you engage leadership, and you force people to think, okay, if I wanna do this financially in the next three to five years, what does that mean? Well, you've already got technology taken care of, or at least someone is addressing that. Financially, people always look at that first because you can't do a lot of these things without obviously the, the financial support in the background. But then, you know what? At the big table, at the board, at that big strategic level, the discussion needs to be and should be about people. Where do we get them? How do we get them? How do we keep them? How do we train them? How do we develop them? So putting together a good, holistic recruitment strategy that is ongoing is a really good practice. And and furthermore, when you do that, I I also suggest that you identify technology that supports your strategy. Uh, A lot of folks out there probably heard of ATS's uh, Applicant Tracking Systems. And before, that was technology that only major corporations could afford, just the cost. But today's cloud-based environment has introduced some talent acquisition technology that is extraordinary Not only is it affordable, but it brings with it tools like artificial intelligence, uh, easier posting, facilities to provide feedback on candidates, document storage. And all of these things now are available to companies of all size. So as you said, what is next? Well, in the the talent talent acquisition space, having that strategy, aligning it to the technology, are two very important steps that you need. And, and then after that, then it really does become about the development of, of the individual.
0: Yeah, I think, so, you know, to your point, Jose, I, I think that one of the things that uh, is kind of happening as, as we've started to get some feedback from our listeners is people see all these technologies, they see all the capabilities that are out there, and there's this level of, being overwhelmed (laughs) Uh, they are overwhelmed by the options that they have and they're not sure which direction to head down first so i'm wondering jose if if there's like a general or even uh you know a good rule here that people should follow as to hey where do i dive in first because again for for some people they've got uh some of these tools already in place and for others they're just starting out. They're, um, you know, entrepreneurs with a, a team of 25, and they're trying to figure out how they go from 25 to they need to be at 35 in the next six months. And what tools do they use? So, Jose, I'm just wondering: are there any um, is is there any wisdom that you could give about how to go with that about that process of deciding what to invest in next? Because each one of these tools that you're talking about do come with an, a level of time and monetary investment.
1: Uh, you're absolutely correct in that uh, it's not one size fits all, obviously. And, and that's where the, the, the vision of leadership really takes a toll. So for those of you that are listening that are decision makers, that are business owners, that are C-level uh, professionals, uh, please take this to heart you must be strategic in what you do. You must be thinking two, three years down the road. And guess what? Besides the financial side of things, you have to be thinking about the people side of things. And while uh, all technology is not affordable to every size company, uh, I I can tell you that in the ATS space, just specifically discussing that on the applicant tracking systems, there are several that are as inexpensive as $200 a month to use. And then as you get older, as a company, in the the cycle there you are, you're hiring more, uh, you're uh, employing more strategy, you're doing more things, then you go to a higher level ATS that has more functionality, that's more robust. But I would say a good way to start, and and something that we do uh, routinely for our clients, which we have the pleasure of working with clients of all size, small, medium, large enterprises. And we sit down and we have a, a session where we look at what your needs are. And we identify what is the technology. And you know what? You may not need all that technology right now. Some of this can be done with the resources you have in hand. And one of the, the, the big things that's important for us here at GNA Partners as we support our clients, is first identifying their specific needs. So that is a great place to start. And once you do that, you identify what your resources are and what you're able to do. And, and I can tell you this uh, because I've, 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 I've studied this extensively. There are solutions for every size company, and there are solutions for every budget. But if you don't know where to start, reach out to a uh, recruitment or human capital consultant that is familiar with this, a third party uh, individual that understands it, have uh, the time and take the time to sit down and plan out what you wanna do, superimpose that and create a journey map to how your recruitment strategy, your technology, your talent acquisition and retention goals really apply to your business goals. And then really at that point, you can decide, okay, you know what? We can spend $30,000 on recruitment. So instead of paying uh, a recruitment firm 30%, 25% to hire individuals for us at this level, we will spend that on an applicant tracking system that uh, will meet our needs based on the analysis uh, that is done. We'll develop the process to have an automated recruitment process. And then as we grow older, we can add to that. Think in terms of uh, a code hanger that just is there bare. Well, you can start very low with just the initial cloud-based applicant tracking system that is designed for small businesses. But as you scale up, then you have the ability to add more to that code rack to ultimately you find yourself going from 20 people to 200 people. But because you have created that scalability in your strategy, you feel less pain and you are able to meet not just your people demands, but also the production demands and everything else that you have on your plate.
0: Yeah, I think that's huge. That's, that's just perfectly said, Jose. I love that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. All right, so I think you have one more thing you want to talk about, right?
1: Well, one of the
0: uh,
1: the, the the items that um, that continues to to really I, I think make uh, an impression on not just job seekers but clients, um, and that is take time to develop your processes. Um, we are in a process-rich environment right now. And in large part, that is because of technology. Technology has forced all of us out of our comfort zone. And guess what, that is not changing and it's not going anywhere. It's going to be every two years, every 18 months, we will have to retrain our people, we'll have to retrain ourselves. And, And then I would say, One piece of advice that that maybe I have not touched on, but I will now is hire those individuals that can learn. Hire those Mm -hmm. individuals that are curious, that can absorb new information, that can absorb new technology, and that can be that sponge. So every two years when you change technology, when you have those upgrades, they're able to adjust with that change. And in order to be able to do that, Establishing a culture of constant process improvement is very important as you look across your organization. you know, That is something that in our larger manufacturing environments has constantly been uh, a practice and that is to always be improving. How can I make this easier, faster, more efficient, more economically? Let's apply that same level of thought to our businesses. How can we implement, design, coordinate processes that make us better? And then don't get comfortable with that process, even if it's working. Always look at how you can improve it, how it can become the next big thing. And as long as you do that, you keep your employees engaged, you stay at the top of the game, you stay competitive, you're – implementing technologies like we were talking about, these applicant tracking systems, or in production, the new robotics, or in consulting, the latest 3D technology, and you're doing all of these things, then you wake up and you've established a culture where people want to be. You've established being an employer of choice. You've established an environment that not only is helping your clients, but you are professionally and personally developing each and every employee that you have that should be the goal of every executive every business owner whatever it is that you're doing out there whatever it is that you're making always look at it as a holistic strategy people are not just part of what your company is at the end of the day your computers stay, your hardware is there, your laptops are there, your redundancy in the cloud of all your data is still there, but guess what? The most important part of your organization walks out at 5 or 5.30 every day, and that is that human capital. So as you continue to develop your businesses, continue to grow and do great things that all of you all are doing out there, mm-hmm. always consider these elements and always consider the significance and importance of developing that human capital.
0: Yeah, I just want to piggyback on that, Jose, because that was brilliant. Um, I I have this conversation with um, leaders and owners and employers often that goes something like this. Well, I know I need to develop my staff. I know I need to, to train my people, but I'm afraid that I'm gonna make them really great and they're gonna leave. And uh, I, I once heard someone say, and I can't remember who it was, but they said, what if you don't train them, they're not great, and they stay? And I think that that's the biggest issue that you need to be deciding is, as, as an employer, as someone that's in leadership and hiring, is um, it's, it's really a question of, you know, how great do you want your company to be because your people are the organization, I mean we call it an organization because it's an organism. And that means that the, you know, laptops and the desks and the physical office spaces that are not living are not the organism. They're not the organization. They help the organization do their job, but they are not the thing that gets it going to your point. And the human capital, the people, the 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 ones that are, you know, typing and pulling the triggers and creating the widgets and uh, working the machines those are the ones that are really uh, making the organization move forward. And so I, I love what you said, Jose because I think it's such an un, it's an understated point and I'm not sure that it could be overstated the fact that training and education and developing our staff on a regular basis is essential and you know I'll, I'll just speak for myself, we regularly, at, at, uh, at my company, we regularly uh, replace laptops every two years. And uh, it's something that we really absolutely believe in um, because we want people to have the best equipment. And in conjunction with that, every single quarter, we do uh, training for everyone. Uh, and at all times, we have resources available to everyone. Because we understand that we can only be as good as our staff, and if our staff are great, even if they leave us, uh, to your point, we've created an atmosphere, an ethos that is about development, it's about encouragement, and it's about growing as a professional, which means we're able to get some of the best talent around, not because we pay the most, but because we have Great insight into what people actually want, and what people actually want is to grow and develop themselves because they want to grow and develop their career, whether it's at your office, my office, or somewhere else. And uh, that is the key. So I I I love everything you're saying, Jose. Absolutely love it.
1: Well, if if, if I could interject, uh, what and, and and I'm glad that that you mentioned that uh, about your your organization because. Y'all are an employer of choice, and the reason you're an employer of choice and the reason people want to wake up in the morning and come work for you and with you is because y'all have taken the time to implement those strategies, to think ahead, to understand what the needs are. And I will also uh, compliment you on that one statement you made about uh, maybe keeping non-producers or bad producers I will tell you, and and as a manager and as a leader, one of the most difficult things that we have to do is make those decisions when someone is not working out. But here is what you're doing if you don't make those decisions. If you have a low producer, someone that you have worked with, and you can honestly and genuinely tell yourself, I have done everything possible to help this individual and to make them the best that they can be, and it is just not a fit. Well, then you have to make that decision because what is happening is you are impacting the other producers, the other workers, the other teammates that that individual has because they are doing everything they're being asked to do. They want to be there. They are being the best that they can be, and they're wondering why you as a leader, as an employer, allow this individual, this behavior to continue. That is a bad look across the board for the company, for the management, and for the culture that you're trying to establish. So I will encourage you, do it in a humane way. Do that all that you can to try to bring someone up to speed to where they can be the best they can be. But then at certain point, you have to realize that you may have to make that difficult decision, but it is in the best and in the good of everyone concerned because that individual probably would do great somewhere else, and if they're just there killing time, having a job, not making a difference, they're also not being true to themselves. So never be able or afraid to make that decision, but do it in a very process-driven way, and be sure that you do everything on the front end that's possible and humanely done to encourage everyone else and let everyone else know that you're doing it for the good of everyone.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, Jose, I really appreciate you taking the time to stop by and give us your wisdom and your insights. It's been absolutely fantastic. I loved everything you've said and it's been extremely helpful. If someone wants to get in touch with you and just chat through more, of some of these ideas, how would they do that?
1: Uh, wonderful. Thank you for asking, and, and it would be my pleasure uh, to, to to help. Uh, that's something that, uh, as you said earlier, uh, I am passionate about what I do. And here, uh, the firm is GNA Partners. As I mentioned uh, earlier, we are um, headquartered here in Houston, Texas, and and I do have uh, a number that I can be reached uh, and an email. Uh, my email is j. Laurel, L A U R E L, at the letter G, the letter N, the letter A, partners.com. And our uh, number here in Houston is 713 784 1181. And um, I thank you for for that uh, invitation. And if anyone uh, would like to reach me I, I welcome any discussion and, and I thank you for your wonderful questions uh, you actually uh, brought up some things that, that I know now that, that I need to refine and work on myself so I appreciate <laughs> the, 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 the topic, thank you
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, and I really appreciate the conversation I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of this, so Jose, thank you again for being a part of the HR Insider podcast.
1: My pleasure thank you